belief in angels has to be as follows. Angels are creatures of Allah Ta'ala. They are not his partners, nor are they his daughters, as disbelievers and mushriks, those who attribute a partner or partners to Allah Ta'ala, which is shirk, supposed. He loves all angels. They obey his commands and never commit sins or disobey the commands. They are neither male nor female. They do not get married. They do not have children. They are alive. Although a report from Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mas'ud stated that some angels had children among which the Satan and genies were counted, its response is written in books in detail. When Allah Ta'ala announced that he was going to create human beings, angels asked, O oh Allah Ta'ala, are you going to create creatures who will corrupt the world and shed blood? Such questions called zalla from angels do not change the fact that they are innocent. Of all creatures, angels are the most numerous. No one but Allah Ta'ala knows their number. There is no empty space in the skies where angels do not worship. Every place in the skies is occupied by angels in ruku, bowing during salat, or in sajda, prostrating. In the skies, on the earth, in grass, on stars, in every living and lifeless creature, in every raindrop, plant leaf, atom, molecule, in every reaction, motion, and in everything, angels have duties. They carry out Allah Ta'ala's commands everywhere. They are intermediaries between him and creatures. Some of them are the superiors of other angels. Some of them brought messages to prophets. Some angels bring good thoughts to the human heart, which is called ilham, inspiration. Some others are unaware of all human beings and creatures and have lost consciousness upon facing Allah Ta'ala's beauty. Each of these angels stay in a certain place and cannot leave their place. Some angels have two wings and some have four or more. Angels belonging in paradise stay in paradise. Their superior is Ridwan. Angels of hell, Zabanis, carry out in hell what they are commanded. The fire of hell does not harm them, as the sea is not harmful to fish. There are 19 leading Zabanis. Their chief is Malik. For each human being, there are four angels who record all their good and bad acts. Two of them come at night and the other two come during the day. They are called Kiram and Katibin, incorruptible scribes of Hafaza, record-keeping angels. According to another report, Hafaza angels are different from Kiram and Katibin. The angel on one's right side is superior to the one on the left and records the good deeds. The one on the left writes down the evil deeds. There are angels who will torture disbelievers and disobedient Muslims in their graves, and angels who will ask questions in graves. The questioning angels are called Munkar and Nakir. Angels who will question Muslims are also called Mubashir and Bashir, good news givers. Angels have superiority to one another. The most superior angels are the four archangels. The first of them is Jebrail salam. Jebrail's duty was to bring wahi, divine revelation, to prophets, to inform them of the commands and prohibitions. The second one is Israfil salam, who will sound the last trump called Sur. Israfil will sound the Sur twice. At the first sound, every living being will die. At the second sound, all will be resuscitated. The third one is Mikhail salam. It is his duty to make up cheapness, expensiveness, scarcity, abundance, 
economic order to bring comfort and ease, and to move every object. The fourth one is Azrael, alayhi salam, who takes souls, Persian, Jan, and Arabic, Ruh, from human bodies. After these four, there are four superior classes of angels, four angels of Hamalat al-Arsh, who will be eight on the day of resurrection, angels in divine presence, called Mukarrabun, leaders of torturing angels, called Karubiyun, and angels of mercy, named Ruhaniyun. All these higher angels are also higher than all human beings except prophets, والتسليمات, the Sulaha, pious Muslims, and Awliya, plural for Wali, one loved by Allah Ta'ala, among Muslims are higher than common or lower angels. And common angels are superior to common Muslims, that is, disobedient, sinful ones. Disbelievers, however, are lower than all creatures. At the first sound of the Sur, all angels except the Hamalat al-Arsh and the four archangels will be annihilated. Then the Hamalat al-Arsh and then the four archangels will be annihilated. At the second sound, all angels will come back to life. The Hamalat al-Arsh and the four archangels will rise before the second sound of the Sur, that is. These angels will be annihilated after all the living creatures as they were created before all. 3. The third of the six essentials of Iman is to believe the books revealed by Allah Ta'ala. He sent these books to some prophets by making the angel read to them. To some, he sent books inscribed on tablets, and to some others by making them hear without the angel in between. All these books are the word of Allah Ta'ala, Kalam Allah. They are eternal in the past and everlasting. They are not creatures. They are not words made up by angels, nor are they words of prophets. The word of Allah Ta'ala is unlike the language which we write, keep in mind, and speak. It is not like presence in writing, speech, or mind. It does not have letters or sounds. Man cannot understand how he and his attributes are, but men can read the word, keep it in mind, and write it. It becomes hadith, that created later, a creature when it is with us. That is, the word of Allah Ta'ala has two aspects. When it is with human beings, it is hadith and a creature. When it is thought as the word of Allah Ta'ala, it is eternal, qadim. All the books sent by Allah Ta'ala are just and right. There is no lie or error in them. It was stated that it was possible for him to forgive despite his declaration that he will punish and torture. This might be because this forgiveness is conditional on situations beyond our knowledge or on his own will and choice. Or it is meant to express that he will forgive the penalty that humans deserve. Since the declaration about punishment and torture does not narrate an event, it cannot be a lie when he forgives. It is necessary to explain ayats and hadiths in their usual meanings unless there is an obstacle or an inconvenience. It is not permissible to give other meanings similar to these meanings. Ayats, called mutashabihat, have incomprehensible, hidden meanings. Only Allah Ta'ala knows and very few distinguished superiors who have been granted al-ilm al-laduni, knowledge inspired by Allah Ta'ala to the hearts of awliya, can understand their meanings as far as they have been allowed. No one else can understand them. For this reason, we should believe that ayats of mutashabihat are of the word of Allah Ta'ala, and we should not investigate their meanings. Scholars of Ash'ari Madhab said that it was permissible to explain away Tawil, 
such ayats briefly or in detail. Tawil means choosing from among several meanings of a word, the one which is not common. For example, about the ayat, the hand of Allah is superior to theirs, which is the word of Allah Ta'ala, we should say, I believe whatever Allah Ta'ala meant by this. It is best to say, I cannot understand its meaning, only Allah Ta'ala knows. Or we must say, Allah Ta'ala's knowledge is unlike our knowledge. His will is not like our will. Similarly, his hand is not like the hands of human creatures. In the books revealed by Allah Ta'ala, either the pronunciations or the meanings of some ayats are both were changed, nask, by him. The Qur'an al-Karim replaced all the books and abolished the validity of the rules in them. There will never be any mistakes, additions, forgotten or missing parts in the Qur'an al-Karim until the end of the world. All knowledge of the past and the future exist in the Qur'an al-Karim. For this reason, it is higher and more valuable than all the books. The greatest mujiza, miracle created by Allah Ta'ala through a prophet, of Rasulullah sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wasallam is the Qur'an al-Kareem. If all human beings and genies would come together and try to say something similar to the shortest surah of the Qur'an al-Kareem, they would not achieve it. In fact, the eloquent literary poets of Arabia assembled and strove very hard, but they failed to even achieve something like one short ayat. They could not stand against the Qur'an al-Kareem. They were stupefied. Allah Ta'ala makes the enemies of Islam incapable and defeated before the Qur'an al-Kareem. The eloquence of the Qur'an al-Kareem is above human power. Human beings are incapable of saying as it says. Ayats in the Qur'an al-Kareem are unlike the poetry, prose, or rhymed verse of human beings. Nevertheless, it was said in the letters of the language spoken by the literary, eloquent men of Arabia. The number of heavenly books revealed to humanity is 104. It is well known that 10, suhuf, plural of sahifa, little book, were revealed to Adam, alayhi salam. 50 suhuf to Shis, Sheth, alayhi salam. 30 suhuf to Idris, alayhi salam. And 10 suhuf to Ibrahim, Abraham, alayhi salam. The Tawrat, Torah, was revealed to Musa, Moses, alayhi salam. The Zabur, to Dawud, David, alayhi salam, the Injil, Latin, Evangelium, to Isa, Jesus, alayhi salam, and the Qur'an al-Kareem, to Muhammad, alayhi salam. When a person wants to order or forbid something, to ask something, or to give some news, first they think about and prepare it in their mind. These meanings in the mind are called kalam nafsi, which cannot be said to be Arabic, Persian, or English. Their being expressed in various languages does not cause the meanings to change. Words expressing these meanings are called kalam lafzi, can be expressed in different languages. So, kalam nafsi of a person is a pure, unchangeable, distinct attribute that exists in its possessor, like other attributes such as knowledge, will, discernment, etc. And kalam lafzi is a group of letters that express kalam nafsi and which come out of the mouth of the person uttering them and which reach the ear. Likewise, the word of Allah Ta'ala is the eternal, everlasting, non-silent, and non-created word existent with his person. It is an attribute distinct from the sifat ad-datiyya, 
and from the Safata Thubutiya of Allah Ta'ala, such as knowledge and will. The attribute Kalam, speech, word, never changes and is pure. It is not in letters or sounds. It cannot be categorized or classified as a command, a prohibition, a narration, or as Arabic, Persian, Hebrew, Turkish, or Syriac. It does not take such forms. It cannot be written. It does not need such apparatuses or media as intelligence, ear, or tongue. It can be told in any language wished. So, if it is expressed in Arabic, it is called the Qur'an al-Karim. If it is expressed in Hebrew, it is the Tawrat. If it is expressed in Syriac, it is the Injil. It was written in the book entitled Sharh al-Makasid by Saduddin Taftazani, died in Samarkand, in 1389-792, that its expression in Greek is the Injil, and its expression in Syriac is the Zabur. The Kalam al-Ilahiyyah, the word of Allah Ta'ala, tells various subjects. If it narrates the events that happen or that will happen, it is called Kabar, narration. If not so, it is called Insha. If it states things that should be done, it is called Amr, command. If it states forbidden things, it is Nahi, prohibition. But no change or increase occurs in the Kalam al-Ilahiyyah. All books and all pages revealed are from the attribute Kalam of Allah Ta'ala. That is, they are of his Kalam al-Nafsi, and its Arabic is the Qur'an al-Karim. The Wahi, divine revelation, sent in poetic verse, and that can be written in the form of letters and said and heard and kept in mind, is called Kalam al-Lafzi, or the Qur'an al-Karim. Since the Kalam al-Lafzi denotes the Kalam al-Nafsi, it is permissible to call it Kalam al-Ilahiyya, or divine attribute, as the whole of it is called the Qur'an al-Karim. Its parts are called the Qur'an al-Karim. Scholars of the right way unanimously say that the Kalam al-Nafsi is not a creature and that it is eternal. There is no unanimity on whether the Kalam al-Lafzi is created or eternal. Some who regarded the Kalam al-Lafzi as created warned that it would be better not to say that it is created, because if said so, it would come to mean that the Kalam al-Nafsi is a creature. This is the best remark about the matter. When the human mind hears something that denotes something else, it simultaneously remembers the denoted thing. Those scholars among Ahla Sunnah who said that the Qur'an al-Karim was created meant the sounds and words we utter with our mouth. The scholars of Ahl sunnah have unanimously stated that both the Kalam al-Nafsi and the Kalam al-Lafzi are the word of Allah Ta'ala. Although some scholars considered this statement metaphoric, that the Kalam al-Nafsi is the word of Allah Ta'ala means that it is Allah Ta'ala's attribute of speech, and what the Kalam al-Lafzi is the word of Allah Ta'ala means that Allah Ta'ala is its creator.